The views and opinions expressed by A Little Bit Culty are those of the hosts and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the podcast. Any content provided by our guests, bloggers, sponsors, or authors are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, group, club, organization, business individual, anyone, or anything. Welcome to A Little Bit Culty, a podcast about what happens when something that seems like a great thing at first goes to the dark side and takes you with it. I'm your host, Sarah Edmondson. And I'm also your host, Anthony Ames, aka Nippy. Sarah and I met, fell in love in a quote, self-help organization that turned out to be a mega cult called Nexium. Heard of it? We got out of there together and on our way out, we helped shut it down. Our journey as Nexium whistleblowers was captured in detail on a docuseries called The Vow on HBO, and also on the front page of a newspaper. New York Times, babe. Right. Have you heard of it? Each week on A Little Bit Culty, we talk with other former cult members and whistleblowers, plus experts in things like cultic abuse and coercive control. We also turn the mic over to advocates and clinicians with wisdom to share on recovering from everything from MLMs and toxic religion to bad romances with raging narcissists. There is always something to learn about the cultiverse. Be sure to subscribe to A Little Bit Culty so you don't miss an episode. Find us on Instagram and at a littlebitculty.com. Is this another summer bonus <laughs> episode? People aren't going to believe us when we say we're taking a break. Yeah. But the thing is, is that we have been taking a break. We've been packing, getting ready for our move. Packing's not taking a break, by the way. Just so no. you know. You may see pictures of me like swimming or at the beach and stuff with the kids, but that's like 2% of the time. The rest of the time, I'm knee deep in memorabilia. Also, if you want to find out if your relationship's strong, leave a cult together first. Second. Plan an international move. Yeah, try that. If you can sustain those two things within five years of each other, I think you might make it another five. So what are you saying? That are, we're getting through this okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's been my inner peace. What's been your inner peace? What's gotten me through this? Oh, your inner peace has gotten you through yeah. it. Not me. No, of course. No, I am crazy right now. I totally bit your heart off this it's morning. Okay. I apologize. Okay. I'm going to apologize listen, 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 in the listen. format of the podcast. I don't say it's enough, but how you cruise direct the whole thing and just steer me in the right direction, I'm totally appreciative of. Because I hate thinking this stuff oh. through. And I'm, I'm a monkey when it comes to like just monkey work and I can do it. So I have no problem doing That's it. That's really nice and to every hear. Every now and then if I get my head bit off, I just <laughs> write it down and remember. Just write it down. <laughs> I'll text you from now on. Uh, actually, it works. Texting does work. I appreciate that. But point being, we've been in the thick of it. It feels like it's just a constant thick of it. And we're just in that thick. But we still love interacting with you guys on Instagram. And we thought we'd just, you know, check in. And say hi, happy summer. We're just going to do a quick 30-minute chat, a couple little things we wanted to mention. A couple ask me any things that we've gotten. Yeah, a couple questions and just share a couple stories that popped up. Just shooting the shit, right, Sarah? No just big shooting deal. The shit. Just shoot no it. Deal. It's no bigs. It's hard to leave Vancouver. Yeah, yeah I know. Especially, especially right now, it's like, <laughs> it's, such a, it's so it's nice. It's so rude. We should have left in November or January. I would have been like, see you later, Vancouver, you dingy hole. Sarah, that's such dirty talk. I know. 
I have to make it bad so it's easier to leave. I want to just thank a couple people. Listen, so many donors oh have chipped in with, in the donor box, which is just like making it possible to continue. And especially want to mention some very generous ones. Melinda Brock sending us 50 bucks a month. Helena Durst at $100 a month. And Kelly Slavic, I hope I'm saying that right, just dropped 500 bucks in donor box for us, wow. which is a pretty much a full episode of production. So thank you. To That's everyone. two episodes almost right there. Depending on how you look at the production costs. I'll show you the Excel spreadsheet and you can... <laughs> <laughs> I was just spitting numbers over here, Sarah, and you went off. Yeah, those are not, not accurate. No. Okay. We wear different hats <laughs> in this job. Yeah, but if it's... Okay. I can do basic math, but carry on. Okay, well, I actually had something that I that I've been wanting to say, and another reason why we decided to do this bonus, is there was a mistake made in, in the last episode with Sarah Landry, and... Tangent, if anyone particular listening to this episode, her name is Heather Elliott, Heather Elliott, paging Heather Elliott. You sent us a message recently through the contact form, but your email address is incorrect because our replies to your wonderful email have been bouncing. Could you please try us again? But really what we want to say is that we hear you and we appreciate you writing. And mostly I just want to say that I'm sorry. So in this episode, I made an off-the-cuff comment about the Indian residential schools. And my comment sounded like I was minimizing the trauma and the relevance of those totally evil abominations. And I get it. On playback, it sounded like I was writing the schools off as ancient history. And not only was this comment hurtful, although, of course, it was unintentionally hurtful, it was factually wrong as hell. And I actually had flagged that comment for removal during our review process before it went to air. And unfortunately, it got missed, just human error, and it made it to air. But to hear it was a gut punch, and especially to know that any of our listeners heard it and were hurt by it. So as soon as we noticed it, we fixed it. It's no longer in the feed. But listen, I understand that the painful legacy of the residential schools is anything but ancient history, and that pain is still fresh and it should never be forgotten. Actually, Pope Francis was here in Canada last week to apologize for it. When the Vatican apologizes for something as evil, it's got to be really fucking bad. Anyway, I digress. I'm sorry for the hurt my comment caused. You trust us to center survivors, and that comment, making it to air, was a total miss. I also want you all to know that we've been planning to do some deep dive episodes on the residential schools and all the culty shit and ongoing mindfuckery that indigenous people everywhere contend with every day, not just 100 years ago, right now. Anyway, Heather Elliott, if you didn't get a note back from us, it's not because we didn't try. Shoot us a line at hello at a littlebitculty.com if you don't mind. Thank you all for the feedback, everybody. We always want to know what our listeners think, good or bad, especially when you write to us in such thoughtful ways like Heather did. She was just kind of hurt and disappointed, but didn't say we were, were evil assholes. She just pointed it out and stated how she felt. Kind of powerful. Civil discourse. Yes, civil. We will always accept it, civil discourse. Okay, that's our time with the housekeeping. What do you want to cover today, Nip? What questions you got? Well, we've actually been interacting with a lot of people out and about various social gatherings as we say goodbye to everybody. Mm -hmm. And the conversation that we had the other day elicited a whole bunch of memories about Nippy that I had totally forgotten. Because people were like, but what was the day-to-day -day like? You know, what were you doing on a day-to-day? -day? We were just sitting around EMing each other all the time. A lot of our time in workshops, like in actual intensives, they were called, like especially workshops or seminars, we were sitting in a group of mostly our friends, sometimes not our friends, but sometimes our friends, and we'd be like answering a series of questions that would sound like, let's riff it, Nip. I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. You go second. What is honor? Well, you, you, have to, you have to put it in context of something to make it work. Like, that's why they were called honesty and disclosure. 
you know, he's playing with language in that. So I think the first language would be like, what is honesty? What is disclosure? Can you have honesty without disclosure? Can you have disclosure without honesty? So there's a lot of then questioning to make it look like you did some thinking. And you did probably. You probably figured out some stuff for you. you. Did. But really what I think a lot of those things were... It's just proactive daydreaming. Yeah, but there was also like, we thought we were reevaluating our belief system and we're digging in on topics like honesty and value and self-esteem. And then those are the philosophical modules. And then there were modules about emotions. State control. Learning state control, which is like basically being able to push a button internally that would trigger any emotion that you wanted at any given time. And then like the practical modules, right? The time and lists and like procrastination made you feel like you were doing something right point being i feel like you know sitting around in that image of like us having these conversations most of the time they're quite serious but if you had nippy in your group guaranteed you would be like spending most of the class trying to not laugh because surprise surprise there he was nippy ames fun he made it fun and he was always like like try to sneak off and uh, <laughs> well, what was I doing? and like you'd go you, well first of all like in a, if you got bored you'd be like I have to go pick up Troy or something but oh, really you were I'd, going to the I'd gym to the gym or something yeah well I wasn't getting paid so I was like you know fuck this I'm peacing out and then there was that one time that you like snuck off to fart but as you were standing up <laughs> you were walking down the aisle and you farted so loud in a really? room of like 500 people really? no like 50 people really? 50 people really you just throw that out there huh but I've never seen you embarrassed that's why the no. memory sticks out because <laughs> you were you were actually pretty, trying to sneak it out <laughs> It was, it was so pretty embarrassing. loud. It was, it was so, so loud. And you were like <laughs> hid behind an easel. You were so embarrassed. I couldn't blame it on anyone. There was no one. Couldn't blame it. There was no it was one obvious. within like, you know, a foot of me that I could have just pointed at and been like, ugh, and like, you know, I was stranded. What you're saying that there's something happened when that show, when the Justin Timberlake video of Dick in a Box came out? Oh, you love this story. Tell like me that story. I asked the question, like, wasn't there a time? When, like, <laughs> I didn't, I don't have it on my notes. I just happened to remember. Intensive. Yeah, so that would have been like, whenever that was, whenever Dick in a Box was like, and for those of you who don't know, it was a Saturday Night Live skit with Justin Timberlake, Sandberg. It's called Dick in a Box. I don't think you can explain this. I think that anyone who doesn't know what Dick in a Box is needs to stop this podcast. Do Dick in a Box. Google Dick in a Box. Come back and it might be funny to you. It's hard to say. So, needless to say, that was the backdrop of like our breaks and like Lauren had it out and it was just so fucking funny. And it was one of those things that every time Lauren had it out. What do you mean, Lauren had Lauren had had what out? out. (laughs) We're like we were all watching it before class and she was teaching the intensive and like. It was one of those videos that's so funny. You watch it again and it's it's just, it keeps getting funnier. And I guess there was a downtime in the intensive as there were. And I draw like the perfect looking penis on my like notes, right? Wait, you were drawing penises? Well, I, I, I was drawing a picture <laughs> and then just let me finish. This is my story, okay? <laughs> and so I draw a penis, but I had like the head on it, like the mushroom head on it. It was just really well done. And then I do like one of those 3D boxes around it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the funny things about it is that it was drawn really precisely and neat. Right. So it looked like I spent mm-hmm. time on it. And a friend of ours uh, was yeah. sitting right in front of me. And I'm looking around the room, is like, who would think this is, you know, funny? And his back is to me. And I take it and I go around his shoulder and I drop it in his lap. So I don't really get to see it. And all I see from behind is his body starting to shake with laughter, but he's trying to hold it in because Lauren's teaching the intensive. And he's starting to like vibrate, like jiggle. (laughs) And then he passes it to the next person. And the same thing starts to happen. And the note starts to go down the aisle. And then finally our friend explodes. I get up and just leave the room. And like three people have to leave the intensive. And finally Lauren's like, what? I felt like I got 
caught in class and then you know lauren was she she thought it was funny and we had to pause class you know it, it may be one of those one of the you know those had to be there kind of moments but i i feel like a lot of the things that people always are asking they're like what's you know what's lauren like and what was the day-to-day and one thing i will say it was such a fond memory of like when things weren't bad <laughs> like when the, when things were fun intensives with lauren were usually very fun she was hilarious and told great stories and you know made it like the examples were always relatable to your life and yeah in spite of all know, of it like it's funny. I had some of the biggest belly laughs of my life with a lot of those people, even people that are still loyal and stuff like that. That's a good story. We, those were some good times. <laughs> hey, a little bit culty listeners. Bless your little bitty hearts for helping support this podcast. You asked us to put a link up where you could make a one-time or monthly contributions to help us cover the costs of taking this podcast from our living room to your earbuds. And so we did. And wow. You weren't kidding around when you said you wanted to help this podcast keep on cranking out episodes. You stepped up. Thank you. In fact, in a relatively short time, 70 of you have already chipped in. And together, the whole beautiful lot of you have covered the cost of making almost five full A Little Bit Culty episodes. That's pretty freaking good. You are amazing. Did you know that? And yes, we're talking to you, Veronica Wells. Annie Blake, Thomas Wicks, and John Breen, and you, Kenny Bernstein, and Kristen O'Rourke. You rule Sarah Priestley and Roger Seidman, and you are rad. Andrea Padillas, Helena Durst, Sally Lotz, Joel Blair, and Jolene Bishop. That's just a few of you who are helping to make this podcast happen. Want to make a contribution? Just go to a littlebitculty.com slash support or the link in our Instagram bio. Every little bit helps keep a little bit culty trucking along. Thanks again. We adore you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This time of year, it's easy to get swept up in the New Year's resolution thing. But resolutions are kind of whack, if you ask me. Too extreme, too, dare I say, culty. On the flip side, I do think there could be so much power in focusing on that list of things that you are already crushing and then expanding on all that good stuff. Like maybe you finally organized one part of your house and now you want to tackle another. Or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy is a way of building on your crushing it list. It helps you find your strengths. You can ditch those extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. Therapy is where I do some of my best learning and building on my strengths. Things like positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It really does empower me to be the best version of myself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Anyone can get a metric megaton of great insights from therapy. Metric megaton, that's an unofficial unit of measurement, but you know what I mean. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash culty today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash culty. Valentine's Day is right around the corner, and it's no secret that consuming a little THC can help set the mood in the bedroom. However, getting that right strain and dosage can be difficult. That's why we're thankful for today's sponsor, Vaya. Vaya has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dosage of THC all-in-one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. We're talking about pairing aphrodisiac herbs with a mild amount of THC. Their best-selling High Love gummy will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. 
Bio also offers a wide array of other gummies with and without THC, each with their own unique strengths and effects catered for your routines. And the best part, Via legally ships in all 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. No medical card required. So if you're 21 plus, you can get 15% off a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code, culty at viahemp.com. V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. I dig their products because they have a great flavor and are made with vegan and organic ingredients. And because Via is the only lifestyle hemp brand offering a craft cannabis experience. They use compounds found in hemp along with active plant extracts to create products, each with a specific effect in mind. Whether you want to get better sleep, ease anxiety, enhance your mood, or just get high, they have something for you. If you're 21 plus, let these gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code CULTI to receive 15% off plus one free sample of their Sleepy Dreams gummy. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P dot com and use code CULTI at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. Like when people say, what's the day-to-day? We actually did, depending on how much of a keener you were, a lot of which I was and Nippy wasn't in the same way, right? Like, I was more obedient and trying to get, you know, earn stripes and stars. I don't know. I mean, we had different responsibilities and you're running a center and like, you know, Vancouver is three hours behind. So when the intensive was over, you had responsibilities back in Vancouver that I just did. Yeah. Right. You did do a lot of EMs though. Uh, tried to. Do you remember sitting around, like just sitting and just EMing? Like so, an EM would take minimum 20 minutes, sometimes an hour and a half. Yeah, I mean, for a little bit, but I just found them so complicated. And then trying to get them evaluated by someone was a whole nother process. It was just a drag, the whole thing. I mean, sometimes they were amazing. Like sometimes you'd sit down with somebody and they'd tell you, oh, like I haven't talked to my father in 10 years because we had this fight. And you do like an hour and a half. It's called a projection sourcing, which is a particular type of EM. Yeah, but those weren't really EMs. Those were sheets we were following that had specific questions that were guiding us. In terms of the actual EM where someone came to me with an issue, I just found those difficult. They were difficult, but I'm sure you help lots of people. Like I know people would reach out after and be like, oh my God, I'm able to like contact my father now, or now I can take an airplane without needing drugs or like, you know, muscle relaxants or whatever people do. I'm no longer afraid of heights. Like if you have helped somebody evolve an issue, that was really meaningful, right? I don't know that I ever really did that. I can't say for sure that I did that. I think you did. I know you did. I'm I'm sure you did. Look, I'm not a therapist. Or it felt like we did. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not a therapist either. But I'm not, I'm not going to claim any of that. Here's what I was thinking. Like, assuming you did, or we tried to anyway, that's how it was used for good, the tool, right? But I remember this also came up in the last couple of weeks. The memory came up of this guy. I'm not going to say his name because he's still loyal to Keith. He was my mentor a number of times. And he did an EM on me, which basically was about my attachment to having kids. And by the end of the EM, I actually said how I could see how it actually might be better for humanity if I didn't have a baby. So I could grow this community and having a baby would take me away from that. That was the point of the EM, to work on my attachment. Do you think that's crazy? Knowing what we know now? I just think you have a capacity to see things from different perspectives and he manipulated that. Yeah. 
Of course. My point is, though, is you can EM someone to not want to have a baby. You can manipulate them. It's called coercive control. Yes, I know. That's what I'm saying. So knowing what we know now. I thought you were amazed at the EM process. That's what no. I thought No. Oh, my God. I was saying the flip side, the flip side of helping them if somebody wanted oh. to fuck with someone's oh. head with an EM. Okay. Like, I'm just saying okay. that was an example of how my head was fucked with. It helped me to, like, be less reactive to people in my life that were triggering. Yeah. And it helped me to, you know, not be nervous in auditions. For sure. Yeah, I felt that there's aspects of it that did that, that achieved that. My point was that, I don't know if this sounds like we're fighting right now, but I want people to understand like that it could be used for good, but when it was used for bad, like for somebody's objective, i.e. to help you, quote, work your attachment on being a mother, that's so problematic. And if that just happened to me... Yeah, well, that's what we're, we're talking about. Your emotions and your vulnerability are, are abused manipulated. Yes. Well, that was one of the notes of the things that came up in conversation the last yeah. couple of weeks is how he weaponized that. And it's leading. All of it's leading. Do you have any chaps my asses? No, but I do want to address a question this person, Rebecca, was asking. Uh, and it came up after our sick boy episode, I think. But she was commenting on hearing my sides of things. And she asked, if it hadn't been Sarah who was branded, how would your learning about Da stuff affected your relationship with Nexium? Would you have left right away? Would you have believed the woman? And how do you think SOP influence what you thought of Das? Which I thought are good questions. And I think it also gets into some people were like, oh, it didn't seem like Nippy fell for anything in there. And I think a lot of the times we're in our podcast, we're talking about how you got to your situation. And I didn't get to your situation. How I was indoctrinated was differently. And where I specifically found my case and everyone's case by case is I really believed in the mission of the company more so than I believed in Keith. And I also was targeted differently than everyone else. So my delusion was different. A lot of stuff that we talk about on the podcast has to do with your branding and the coercive control and the sex and all that. I wasn't targeted in that way. So a lot of that isn't where my story comes out. That said, if a woman comes to me with Keith's initials branded on her crotch and is upset and says, Keith did it. And she shows it to me. Pretty sure that's going to be a pivot, no matter who shows me that. So in short, yeah, so it left right away. And how do I think SOP influenced what you thought of DOS? And I like this question because I didn't really consider this until I was asked it. But what we were building in SOP was like the drills and a group of men doing kind of like bonding things together. And we're doing it almost daily. So the fact that I was doing it and then my wife started doing it, however, like a year after, didn't really phase me. It was more of I was doing it and then she started doing it. I thought she was doing the same thing for the same reasons I was, right? So it looked a lot like what I was doing and I didn't have a problem with it until I learned what it really was. In terms of like me doing the drills with yeah. like and all then, the well, different of assignments? You were, you were giving collateral away and nude photos and potentially the deed. Like none of that was going on in my group, right? We right. were just doing it. But running. on the outside, it, it looks the looked same. The same. So I think, I just think it looked normal, not normal, but like I trusted it. Right. I didn't think right. that you had nude photos in the deed to your house and you're going to be getting branded. Right. So I think the SOP or a lot of guys was like, oh, yeah, the women are doing the same thing we're doing. Just their version. Totally. So it was interesting is like I had gotten acclimated to a culture of intensity or whatever, really trauma. So thank you, Rebecca, for that question. We tell our stories. We change the world. 
A Little Bit Culty is proud to support the hashtag I Got Out Project, which empowers survivors of cultic abuse to share their stories online as a catalyst for education, prevention, and healing. Learn more about the hashtag I Got Out movement and find resources at igotout.org. Sarah and I are big believers in reading the fine print these days because, well, you know why, if you listen to our podcast, which you do because you're listening right now. We've seen enough to know that wherever there are big promises, heavy sales pitch, and a lot of fine print, there's almost always a catch, especially when it comes to overpriced wireless providers. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at 15 bucks a month, I thought, sure, okay, buddy, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There actually isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. And the quality is way better too. Our old provider, who we shall not name, was always dropping calls and was a hassle to deal with if we ever need to change our plans. Now we're getting better service and saving close to $150 a month on our data. That adds up. We know with Mint Mobile we're getting the best rate, period. Plus, all plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Choose from 3, 6, or 12-month plans and say goodbye to a monthly phone bill. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same number all along with all your existing contacts. Easy peasy. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash culty. That's mintmobile.com slash culty. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash culty. Additional taxes and fees and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Hello, dear Culty listeners. We would love to recommend a podcast to you right now. It's called Sounds Like a Cult. It's a podcast about all the culty groups we follow these days. It's a more lighthearted twist on cults. Think Disney adults, church camp, Swifties, and those Stanley Cups that everyone's using these days. Wait. I have one of those Stanley Cups. Does that mean I'm in a new cult? Here's looking at you, Sarah. I mean, how else do you bring so much water with you when you go to sporting events? You need one of those Stanley Cups. Stanley's cult. On Sounds Like a Cult's new season, host Amanda Montel, one of my favorite people, chooses a different fanatical fringe group from the cultural zeitgeist and analyzes it with the help of expert guests, listener Collins, juicy stories, and hilarious games to figure out if the group of the week is a live your life a watch your back, or a get-the-fuck-out-level cult. It's a great blend of fascinating and fun. Speaking of live your life or watch your back, I loved the episode about the cult of chiropractors. Now listen, we go to the chiropractor all the time, but some chiropractors can be a little bit culty. Amanda, you brought up a great point. I got a bit defensive at first about my chiropractor because I think mine's a good one, but not all of them are. But that's sort of the point, to look at the groups or the things that we follow and figure out if it's healthy or not. And that's why we love this show. My favorite is the one on Amazon. I knew it, Jeff Bezos. He's a cult leader. I knew it the whole time. Does this mean I have to give up my Prime membership? No, no, of course not. Just, you know, live your life and watch your back? Mm, I guess so. A new season just dropped, most recently the one on K-pop. Who knew? And I'm definitely not in that cult. I feel like the little bit culty listeners would also really love the cult of Purity Rings featuring Kelsey from Normal Gossip. And of course, the self-help episode starring yours truly, which was so much fun. And by the way, Amanda, please have me back. Wait, is she going to come back on ours? I think so, because Amanda has a new book and we can't wait to have her on to discuss that. We cannot wait to have Amanda back. 
Amanda, we love you and we love your podcast. I'm sure we're going to love your new book too. Sounds Like a Cult is available on all major podcast platforms and new episodes come out every Tuesday. For more, find the show on Instagram at Sounds Like a Cult Pod. Happy listening. I actually had a chaps my ass. Hmm. I was in the bath the other night thinking about all the things we have to do to the house and like the handyman's coming to fix up this and that. And I had in my head, it was like the list of deficiencies. And that's what you call them, right? Like if there's things that need to be fixed, it's a deficiency it's in a home, especially, right? So I obviously I'd thought about that before, like that you're in, it's not good that we had these inner deficiencies, but I hadn't actually really thought about the word deficiency, how it's used in the world, especially with like what, what Amanda Montel tells mm-hmm. us about the words. Mm-hmm. And then this whole time they're saying, well, no, of course you're whole and complete. You just feel like you have this inner deficiency. And then it's always, what is your inner deficiency? And how does that relate to your inner deficiency? How are you going to fix your inner deficiency? How are you going to evolve it? What's your breach? How does it relate to your inner deficiency? Like just the fact that we felt deficient is the fucking worst crime. Well, so many crimes, but emotional crime from the beginning that we accept that we have deficiencies and we got to fix it. And guess where we can fix it? Guess who's going to fix it? Your coach. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that chaps my ass. That was on my mind as a general ass chapping that I thought I'd share. I had another thought that I was thinking about while we were away. Go for it. That maybe we should find a theater expert who's also well-versed in Nexian stuff and we could take an episode and evaluate the plays that Keith chose to put on at V Week Everywhere and what it means about his psychology. Well, we can throw out some of those plays right now for people to take a stab at it and stab. Take a stab. Get it? So there. We got Les Mis. Les Mis are up. I can guess that. But wait, wait. Sweeney Todd. I'm having a hard time with that, but I'm kind of getting it. Yeah. Les Miserables, when it was more like, this is the kind of thing we're doing. Well, it was pretending, right? It's all about pretending to have character and honor and like yeah. fight the fight or whatever. Okay. So we'll save that for an episode, I think. I'm just planting the seed. If there's somebody who wants to be a theater expert and we can evaluate the choices of Keith's theater productions, great. I think we're also going to do an episode about the acapella shit that happened there. Who's going to talk to us about that, though? Oh, I got the guy who was at the acapella thing and is like the acapella guy. He did all the... um like the scores of Pitch Perfect. Oh, really? Yes. And his name is Deke Sharon. And we've been in touch about coming on as a guest. I haven't asked him recently, but I'm going to. That'd be a fun episode. What else is going on in the cultiverse? Well, every day we get a new suggestion for a new cult. So there's still cults being formed, cults being discovered, cults being taken Mm -hmm. down. (gasps) Oh my God, I forgot we didn't mention this sooner. We got to meet Mike Rinda. Uh, Mike Rinda. Did I say that wrong? That's right. Mike Rinda. Yeah, we got to have breakfast with Mike. And his wife, Christy, and their whole team that came from all different parts of America to go on a cruise. It was great. And we met up in Vancouver, and it was so good to hug them Oh, after all this time. And some inside Scientology We got scoop. some major scoop. And we're going to have Mike on in the fall sure. to talk about his new book, which is we saw the cover art for, and it looks so sharp. I know, and he looked like a... Uh, the singer of a boy He band. looks so handsome. He's still so handsome. Mike is such a good man. And Christy, what a power couple doing such good things. That's great. They're going to be closer to us. I didn't know that they had a foundation for survivors of Scientology. So go them. We're going to learn from them and just copy everything they do because they're awesome. I just want to say actually one more thing, sort of like another housekeeping thing. We so appreciate when people make suggestions 
And also when they, they don't just say like, oh, do this cult or that cult, but they suggest like who might be good to interview or like what would be good to watch. We don't, we're not like one of those fancy podcasts that have like a whole team of researchers and writers and people doing all this stuff. Like we do that all ourselves and we want to expand and maybe hire someone to, to do that. But in the interim, when when people send us like some points to research, it certainly helps get the ball rolling. And yeah. in terms of especially vetting vetting people a little bit. We do read all the messages. I try and return at least two a day. And we're still 180 behind yeah. as of today, as of late July. Sorry about that. This will air mid-August. <laughs> Sorry about that. We are. I'm going to hope to spend some time this summer um, getting back to some of you. But we are moving, so we will get back soon into it. <laughs> Soon. We cannot wait to roll out season five. We've actually already recorded most of it, and it's, it's going to be, be so very good. It's going to be lava, Sarah. Hot like lava? Mean, it means hot. It's hot right now in Vancouver. It it's unusually hot. And you know how I know? Yes, I do. Three people in my life who I love, I had to like subtly tell them they need a new deodorant. It's like so hot that everyone that is me. just... No, it wasn't you. Yeah. It wasn't you. Actually, the joke was... Then I realized I was in the same boat. It's just really unbearably hot. We're going to go find a cold pool to dip in because we're crazy. Anyway, thank you guys for listening for the bonus, bonus, thank bonus summer smorgasbord extravaganza. Hope you enjoyed our little chit chat. Season five, we'll be announcing it shortly. Boom. Bye. Sinking down to the depths of the ocean. Let's keep the conversation going. We'll be back soon with more episodes of A Little Bit Culty with more experts and survivors. And sometimes experts who are survivors, as well as some familiar faces from The Vow from HBO. If you've got suggestions or questions on upcoming topics, find us on Instagram at A Little Bit Culty. And for more background on what brought me here, my memoir, Scarred, the true story of how I escaped Nexium, the cult that bound my life, is available on Amazon, Audible, and where most books are sold. If you'd like to help us spread the word about A Little Bit Culty podcast, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. Seriously, like take out their phone and tell them to press subscribe. Takes a second. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and every major listening app. And if you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe over the cover art of this podcast to find show notes and helpful resources. You might also find some offers from our sponsors there. And when you support our sponsors, you help us keep this podcast going. Just don't be a little bit culty about it. A Little Bit Culty is executive produced by me, your co-host, Sarah Edmondson, and Anthony Nippy Ames. That's me. Associate producer is Jess Tardy. Produced, edited, mixed, and mastered by Citizens of Sound. Our amazing theme song, Cultivated, is by John Bryant and co-written by Nigel Asselin. I'm Sarah Edmondson, and thanks for listening to A Little Bit Culty.